Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA, back for another interesting, informative day. I have a great guest today that you're going to enjoy hearing from. And we're talking Chico business. We're talking national business. You've heard some of my stories lately. I wanted to, today at the start, I want to fill you in a little more on what I was talking about at the end of last show. I was mentioning that everybody should be insuring their portfolio and their money with money insurance, which I consider physical gold and silver. I came across a real good article that I had printed a while back. And what's interesting is the date on this article is actually February 15th, 2013. And I started reading it because I was looking for something that I could share with the listeners about why I feel so highly about having gold as part of your portfolio. And so when I read through this, it's like, wait a second, this is still as appropriate or probably more so than it was almost five years ago. The same things have been happening that this guy is talking about for the last five years. So sit down for a minute and listen. I'm not going to bore you at all. This is going to be really interesting. This is what I'm trying to tell you why the price of gold is not a meaningless number. So let me just uh, share this with you. This guy's name is Dr. Jeffrey Lewis. His article is titled, The Untold Reality of Gold and Silver Price Controls. The financial backdrop, backdrop to the current prices of precious metals like silver and gold is that trillions of dollars and other currencies have been created to reflate stock markets and attempt to create a recovery in the property market which will only serve to reinflate real estate prices back to their former levels once again. This seems so utterly obvious, and yet it is rarely discussed. Furthermore, far too many investors continue to rely on and even hope for the continuance of the status quo, despite the fact that their futile wishes for the financial alchemy to prevail so that the free lunch creation of money from nothing but paper and ink will lead to more jobs and economic growth have been increasingly frustrated. Now, uh, consider the moment the remarkably high volume of COMEX contracts, that means the gold paper contracts, traded during the days when the spot price for gold and silver were driven sharply lower. And I'll just interject there. Silver hit $50 an ounce in May of 2011. And within about two days of that, they were already down to about $35. And now they're still languishing in the teens. So this guy goes on to explain what I'm trying to to tell people about the price of these metals. An illusion of weakness tends to prevail in these situations because the majority of precious metal traders do not seem to understand the difference between a paper claim and the real thing. Nor do they seem to realize that only paper contracts are being sold when the price of the precious metals drop, not the actual metal itself. Basically, the futures contract seller cannot be forced to deliver physical metal, and so sellers can simply settle their profit or loss on the trade in cash. Furthermore, the fact that such price drops are typically initiated by the dumping of huge swaths of paper contracts by proprietary traders working at giant bullion banks that are too big to fail makes them seem more like manipulative attempts to scare the precious metals market into a selling panic. No one is actually selling real bullion during these allegedly not-for-profit-led precious metal sell-offs. Instead, the paper market is moving the metal prices as the tail seemingly wags the dog. Perhaps this was once a civilized way to discover the fair price of a commodity, but in today's age, regardless of the obvious and highly questionable concentration of only a few sellers, comprising the entire net short position of the futures market, and that just means the people who are betting the price will go lower, every market trades in a high-speed, momentum-based, and computer-program-monitored environment. So he goes on on this. I'm not going to bore you with the entire article, but what my point is is that five years ago, when silver had been dropped from 50 down to about 20 or 25 at that time, they're still doing it, and they're still banking on the fact that you and I will not buy physical metal to protect ourselves. 
So that's just where I wanted to go with that. And that article kind of explains the fact that it's only paper gold being sold. Real metal is not changing hands. And like I've said before, if you look up the price of gold, it says that it's $1,300 an ounce. In the real world, if a rich guy is trying to buy like $100 million worth of gold, according to the guys that I've been reading about, he's, those guys are paying about twice that. They're paying over 2000 an ounce. So don't be fooled by the paper price of gold and silver. And also don't be fooled into thinking that your money is safe without at least having a hedge against the type of hyperinflation that I talked to you about with uh, Venezuela's situation. And we mentioned that the other day. But I won't bore you with all of those things right now. I have a guest in the studio today. Her name is Tierra Hodge. She's a Chico realtor. She's got a great experience history that's really fascinating. And I want to introduce you to her now. Tierra, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, Harold. And um, you actually touched on a topic very close to my heart. I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I also majored in goldsmithing about uh, 20 years ago. And I am very, very inclined to buying bullion and silver. Um, I love to be able to hold the actual metal. Oh, great. Um, I've had a lot of clients recently asking me to cast them jewelry in very specific weights of pure carat metals. And um, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, it's it's an exciting, it's a very exciting time in the markets right now. Right. People are jumpy, people are optimistic. It's one or the other, and boy, there's some heated uh, conversations on both sides of that spectrum. That's right, and it's a, it's a real tricky situation, and until people hear the other side of the story, they're not aware of the reasons why these things happen. Most most people don't hear the other side of it. Right. It's I mean, as a jeweler, when I'm actually buying physical metals, I have a little more experience in that. And then I talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, I just bought a bunch of gold." And I'm like, "Oh, wonderful! Where is it?" And they show me a, a you know a printout or, a or printout, a file. A GLD, the, yeah. the ETF, right? Yeah. The, the fund. Yeah. Yes. That's what I've been warning people about. So that's uh, that's amazing. I we never discuss age on this show, but. I don't know how you've done this much and that long, but I won't go into that. So tell us a little bit about your experience. Now, you are a realtor right here in Chico, and we're going to give you a chance to get your contact numbers out now, and we'll do it later too. But how can someone get a hold of you uh, if they need a good realtor here in Chico? Well, I I hope to be a really good realtor. Um, My name is Tiara Hodge, and I work with People's Choice Brokers. You can uh, reach me. Text is actually a very good way. I have my ringer off quite a bit. Um, But my phone number is 530-566-3063. That's 566-3063. And I'm with People's Choice Brokers right next door to Bidwell Perk. You can just drop by the office and find me there. I'm uh, usually wearing a cowboy hat, so it's kind of easy to spot me. Right, yeah, you can't, you can't miss her. Uh, you look for the, the, the girl in the cowboy hat. So you weren't always in Chico, though. You were doing some interesting land-related work in Northern California. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was raised up in the boonies up in yeah, Eagleville, California, which is Modoc County. And um, for many years, I worked in construction up there. I had a uh, fence company. I did barbed wire and deer fencing. And then I got into government contracting and did huge installations of barbed wire fence. Um, It was a ton of work. It was very exciting. I met all sorts of colorful people and saw some beautiful, beautiful backcountry. A lot of the work I would do would come in after a wildfire and fence off an area that they needed to keep grazing off of so the uh, vegetation could regenerate to cut down on erosion post-wildfire. So you actually did some of the construction yourself, or you hired crews also? Both. I would. I worked right alongside the guys for many years, and then oh. I started delegating a little bit more. Um, my ex-husband's actually taken over a lot of the repeating contracts I had, and he's doing a wonderful job with that. Did and you run that like a, a husband and wife business at We the did time? initially, and then after we separated, I continued on, and then I was just a female-owned business, which in government contracting can give you quite a bit of bid advantage because you're considered disadvantaged. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a very um, – a lot of hard work, but very profitable, but – um, as my little daughter got older, I wanted to be spending more time with her, and I moved in from the boonies to Chico when she was in kindergarten. Because oh, of, for the school system? Oh, and the schools like that. and the social network and the beautiful weather all winter and the farmer's markets and the art community here. It's just thriving. Um, I have 
a background in art with the jewelry and painting, and it was really nice to come back and touch into that after all those years in construction to kind of find myself again. And um, now doing real estate, which is something I kind of wish I'd gotten into 20 years ago because it's a re- incredibly rewarding and flexible schedule. And finding people their first-time homes or their big investment ranch is it's exciting. It's always different. Right. And it's, you're able to really feel like you help people. It, it's, it is. It's really you can feel like you're giving back. Um, I'm kind of good at talking people out of buying a place, which isn't so great for the commissions at first, but um, with the background in construction, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, there's something going on with this place. We need to get further inspections or look at how freshly painted this is, what's going on here. Right. Um, I talked this darling couple out of a place that they just loved um, because I saw some things going on with it and her father was helping finance it. So I kind of invited, oh, why don't we show this to dad? Because she was just didn't want to budge. She loved the kitchen. She didn't care what was happening to the rest of the house. Right. And her dad came in, saw what was going on. They decided to purchase something else. And in the meantime, he's wanting me to list a ranch out in Capay next year. So oh, I missed out on that commission, upset that darling little couple because they didn't get her dream kitchen right then. But I think I saved them a lot of grief in the long run. That's great. And uh, Yeah, that, that's the thing. We were talking about that. The long-term business objective is the main thing when you're a small, you know, you're a small business. You work for a realty people's choice. Yeah. But and you're self-employed, so that's your business. I'm self-employed, but my brokerage supports those attitudes that I have of that small town family network. They don't, there's no cold calling. There's no pressure. They have a ridiculously reasonable commission split and it's a set fee. So he doesn't pressure me to try and get a maximum commission out of anyone or sell really fast. It's, you know, somebody wants to price their home at a certain price point and it might take a little longer to sell. We're comfortable doing that. And it's a, it's a much more organic kind of family related thing. Um, He and his wife give tons back to the community and they're so humble about it. Someone else had to tell me that he just got elected to the president of our MLS board. It, it oh, was, wow. Yeah, I had yeah, no most, idea. I'm working with the guy. Be, uh, talking about that right away. Celebrating, right? talking, posting it at the office. Um, yeah, there's 14 of us there. I think 12 of us didn't know about it until, you know, just before he's going to be MLS sworn board, in. Is that a local board? Or is yeah, that, it's, uh, it's the California, in Northern California, Sierra North Valley Realtor Association. There's about 600 of us or so. Oh, wow. And it requires a ton of work. He's giving a lot of his time back into that realty community. Right. And it's been, I've been, there's kind of some stigmas around the real estate world. And I was expecting to run into more of that. And I have been really pleasantly surprised with the how many people will come in and mentor and help and step up. We have amazing lenders and title company people that they're always saying there's nothing, no such thing as a dumb question. And we'll answer their phone after hours and come in and help. Right. Um, so you have... Your office is a full-service office. If someone we, is looking, they can absolutely. They, they can even get contact with good lenders to help them. They actually even do lending out of our office, too. Oh. But they're not territorial at all, especially if I have clients that are already working with someone else. There's no pressure in any of that. They're, right. they're there to help out, but it's it's really nice. Um, and we always let the, you know, the buyers or sellers choose who they're most comfortable with. I also always recommend shopping around when you're getting a home loan. Get a couple quotes. Talk to them. Tell them you're shopping around. Um, Most places it won't make a difference on your interest rate, but sometimes it's surprising with some places if they know they have competition, your rates or your discount points get a little better. So it's always good. Don't just take the first opinion. Ask around. um, Try out different loans and different down payment options. it's a full-service industry, and ask as many questions as you can throughout the entire process. Wow. Read all the papers if you get a chance to. I know that's my job, but as a buyer, I really like to see people who want to go through a contract paragraph by paragraph and really understand it. Yeah, we were talking about that. Some people don't like the online signing that yeah, DocuSign, do. yeah. it's it's a wonderful thing. It saves millions of gallons of gasoline a year. Um, but it does make me nervous when I send 75 pages out for a DocuSign and somebody emails me back with all the signatures and initials eight or nine minutes later. It's like, oh, my goodness, we, we 
Right. Obviously, we need to go over that a little further. Um, And then I have other people who don't use the computer at all or don't have a cell phone or email. And I've even worked with folks who don't really read and write very well. So I'll sit down and translate and work. And some of those ones that take six times the effort for the tiniest commission are the most rewarding because you get to know an entire family. And um, it's it just feels good. Right. It, it just, yeah, it drives, it drives, <laughs> sometimes it drives my family nuts. They're going, you're driving right. to where to do what. Now, on the other side of this break, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the real estate market and a lot more information. So we're going to be right back with Tierra Hodge. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. Rock House Dining and Espresso is known for their patio. Enjoy the ducks and chickens visiting the patio in their environmental, farm-fresh, lively atmosphere. Rock House is an iconic landmark in Butte County since the 1930s. Seven minutes north of the Lime Saddle Bridge, only two miles past the hardware store. Originally built in 1937, the two buildings served as restaurant and tavern, shower house, barber shop, gas station, and cafe. Live music every Saturday night in the Fireside Room. All natural hot spice cider, mochas, cappuccinos, caramel macchiatos, and pumpkin pies made right here from fresh pumpkins. Kent Westfield, Christian singer-songwriter, is bringing acoustic music he's putting on his current album. Call before coming by for a list of live music at 532-1889 at Rock House Dining and Espresso on Highway 70 in Yankee Hill. Hi, this is Rob Walter, host of Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is a program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness and where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Join me at 7 a.m. on KKXX. Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA here. I'll go ahead and give you my contact number. Tax season starting. I'm starting to get some calls from listeners. And I'm reachable at 895-3353. Also, you can email me, harold at hlittlejohn.com. I offer a free initial consultation. I'd love to talk to you about any of your tax and financial questions. I'm not a certified financial planner. I do not earn commissions. So uh, I'm not going to actually sell you anything, but I will give you my ideas. And I, I feel like I'm a real good second opinion person. Now, we're talking with Tierra, and I wanted to get her take on just kind of what the market's like lately for residential people buying houses in Chico. What's the market doing these days? It's a really, really intense time for buyers right now. Um, it's a fantastic time for sellers. Um, places are selling really, really rapidly, a lot of times over asking price, which when you get a family moving in or a family that's been here a long time and they're like, we can finally buy a home, and then they go out to buy something in this market, it can be very, very frustrating. I end up writing a lot of offers, um, and I kind of have to pace people that – you know, it's a lot of competition. So somebody will sleep on it. It'll be sold the next day. But I always try to say, you know, don't jump on a place that doesn't spark you. If you don't feel it, it doesn't hit you, and you're going, I don't know, it's probably not your house. So wait right. a little longer. Yeah, if you're take not your time. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a very intense market. Um, a lot of the first-time buyers were kind of spreading out into the outs- outskirts of Chico area, heading out towards Orland and Capay and Hamilton City, Los Molinos, Corning. Um, a lot of folks can get some beautiful value out there. And they're just – especially people that are moving up from the Bay are going, oh, my gosh, it's a 25-minute commute. I, I had that to go two miles in the Bay, so I don't mind going further. Right, they don't mind further. the 25 minutes because that's short for them. And then you have other folks that are like, I need to be within two blocks of the farmer's market, and I have to be able to ride my bike to everything. Right. And it's like, okay, get out your checkbook. Oh, uh, here we go, <laughs> and, and we'll hope to find that for you. Um, 
I just, I really, really advise people to be patient. Um, even if you are pre-qualified to a certain amount, it's always nice to try and find someplace that's comfortable, keep payments that are realistic for you. You don't have to max out that pre-qualified letter just because you can. Um, it's always nice to have a little bit of a cushion. There's, you know, homeownership comes with repairs and different costs. It's nice to have have that little buffer zone. Um, that being said, if you find your dream home and you really want it in this market, be prepared to jump on it at full or asking price. Right. You're not going to get any real um, bargains these days. I mean, well, it can not happen, really. But, it can. Know. I mean, you can get a, if you're into sweat equity and I can see the potential in a box of rocks. That's kind yeah, of my well, you're, problem. You're, you're in the contracting business also. Yeah. I've so done you some. you know about it. I've turned, I've taken a, like a little home that was built in, I think it was 1872 that was never had wiring and plumbing and it was falling down and completely redid that thing, made it sparkling and beautiful. And that was a quote unquote flip. It was only like 580 square feet, but it was a lot of fun. I really like working with the little places that you can do beautiful little high end details Is on that a small like scale. In Chico, like Salem or something? No, or? that one was up in uh, Modoc County. It oh, was a okay. second dwelling on a ranch up there and um, fixed it up right before oh, the late. Oh, you did that before yeah. you were here in Chico. Yeah, and oh, then wow. I've done a mini house. Uh, my friend Susan has one on a property she has here. She loves Susan Woldridge is a poet and writer and she likes to sit out there in this little cabin and write and it's just it was a ton of fun working with her on that. So let's talk about that. You, I've watched the show on TV about tiny houses. Yes. So you've actually built some of those? I've built some. I lived in a 560-square-foot home with a child. And now ex-husband, I do say that living in a very small home can put a lot of pressure on a marriage. I would imagine. But it's been eight years. We're really good friends now. He and my current husband are actually good friends. And I have a second family, a little – I have a – 12 and a half year old and a two and a half year old at the moment. Right. So, and everyone gets along really nicely. It's a beautiful support system. I never planned on being a single parent, but it ended up working out in the way it was supposed to. Right. No, nobody and does. Nobody just, does, yeah, the, but it's, it's been the... being like, uh, you know, life radio, everybody talks about religious things and all that, but... I don't get that wrapped up in it. It was it was it's devastating. Tough. It's tough it was families, not I what right. I had planned in any right. shape or form. Right. But then I wouldn't have this absolute beautiful family I have now. I like all's um, well that ends well. Exactly. Yeah. And my ex husband is he's a fantastic father, a wonderful person. Right. And um, you know, I, I would never speak ill against him and he's just grown into the beautiful person and maybe yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah, that that that, that does happen. <laughs> it does. Yeah, but um, but so now, like for instance, with Sue, because I know Susan Woldridge too. You actually did you build that, or did you contract to have someone else build that? No, no, we it was Susan and her son Dan, right, and uh, my six year old daughter and you I and a variety. Just did it we together. were cutting boards and oh. hammering and nailing. It's a teeny tiny little itty bitty place. It's a little right. twelve by twelve structure, but right. we did the concrete and the framing and the stucco. She uses it for her writing. Right. Occasionally, if you're really really good friends, you get to stay there. And there's little baby foxes running around the field does by she, the creek. I, I've never been there, but does she like sleep there sometimes? Is that I believe so. She also has a darling little little vintage trailer she stays at, too. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, she's a, I, I wouldn't even call her eccentric. She's just very creative. She's just absolutely wildly Susan. She's a, a poet at heart, and right. she just lets it shine. I'm planning on getting her on this show because oh, she she's... Oh, she would be good. great. Of all my writing friends, she's sold more books than all the rest combined. So. <laughs> she's going into her, what, 27th printing yeah. on Poem Crazy? Yeah, her and, her and book called Poem Gold. Crazy is... Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was at one point the longest running book of the month club available book. It's a beautiful, inspiring book, and she's got. I believe she's done an audio book. Um, oh, she was. I, I know knew she a was few recording years ago she one. She was talking about it. She has another book that should be coming out soon, and she does writers' workshops. She, some of them are free at the library. If you ever see one, you wouldn't believe the kind of poems she's able to shake out of people. They are so much fun. So you should definitely pick that, one of those. Up that's amazing. Can. The the way you the people you would never expect can come up with the most interesting stuff. They just shock themselves. Right. It was just beautiful. I've seen people just weeping with delight at what they've written after doing one right. of those. And right. it's really touching. So now you also did the BLM construction job business 
in yeah. the Chico area, from the Chico area also? I did most, I, my company's always been based out of Modoc County, right. but I did a lot of traveling throughout the Western United States, mostly California and Nevada, some Oregon, a little bit of Arizona. But you were running that from Chico? I did run ago? that from Chico for a while, and then um, as I, uh, I just sort of started transferring over and thought, gosh, you know, real estate fits really well for me because I do know a lot about this, and I'm always looking at homes anyway because I, I just love following that market, and it has been really, really rewarding. You know, it's so always interesting. Been, my wife and I have always had a hobby of just going to open houses for kicks sometimes. It's a wonderful it's thing to do. Yeah. That is such a great way to get familiar with the market. It gives you I, ideas I recommend about it. Your, your own layouts, too. You know, you it can does. get new ideas. And oh, it, it's, it's a great way. It's better than hiring a designer. You can just go look right. and take pictures. And, right. uh, and as a realtor now, do you do open houses? I do. Um, I, I had some fantastic open houses up in Butte Meadows last summer. It was right in the midst of some of their big festivities. And the place had, oh, I think it was almost 3,000 square foot deck on the creek up there. The and deck was 3,000 It was feet? gigantic. How it big was, was the house? The house was about 1,700 square feet, wow. but it was all outdoor with the hot tub and the creek just raging right in front of it. It was so beautiful. Um, I was really happy to sell that for that gentleman who was just fantastic to work with. Now, Butte Meadows also now has the outpost is They have open the again. outpost is open and they've got all sorts of food up there. It's is the really, Bambi Inn still open? Bambi Inn's still open. The outpost has got, it's a little family running it and there's little the, kids running around and and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, they're they're sweet folks. I haven't been up there yet because I, well, to be honest, if it's any time near winter, I don't go up there. I mean, well, of course, yeah. if it's a clear day, I'm fine, but oh, I so do not pretty. like to drive in the snow. No, I, I don't blame you, but the, my kids love sledding so much. And then we oh, yeah. go camping up that, that little Cherry Hill campground up there that's just gorgeous. Right. Speaking of that, our, I just talked to a client yesterday who owns one of those cabins where it's somewhere up there where you pay the rent every year to the federal land right. that you own the cabin. Right. Do I think you that's, deal with some of those? those? Those are a little trickier, but yeah, you can do that. You can There's, sell those cabins, You can right? sell the cabin, but the land's owned by the, um, right. I believe it's the Forest Service is up there. Is there any limitation on that? I mean, is there a risk that you could buy one of those cabins and 10 years later they say, oh, sorry, you guys can't be here anymore? I don't think so. I think there's a really clear contracts with that. I haven't personally sold any of those, so um, I wouldn't be the expert on that. I would have that looked over really well. Well, we're going to get into a lot more real estate talk in just a minute, so stay with us during the break. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We'll be right back. Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on The Sound of Faith, mornings at 10, here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you, because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX. Chico's Christian Radio. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. 7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Then I'm a lost license 230273, BRE license 01250862, employed by Network Mortgage, BRE license 01840139, and a lost license 358237, equal housing opportunity. That newborn baby is going to need a lot of special nourishment in order to grow up healthy and strong. The same is true for those who are new in their walk with Jesus. The Bible says they need spiritual milk to nourish their souls at a critical point in their life. That's what we try to provide with the teaching and talk on our station. And when you send them your financial support, you are helping to accomplish something powerful. You're helping us get spiritual nourishment to those who vitally need it. So thanks for looking out for those newborns of all ages. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX. AM and FM.
Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn CPA, I'm talking with Tierra Hodge, realtor for People's Choice Realty. Is that what it's called? People's Choice Brokers. Brokers, yeah. okay. Yeah. And you're in that same building as Bidwell Perk right next door. Yeah, right there on First Avenue in right. Main Grove. You, yeah. I can actually reach our printer while I'm sitting in Bidwell Perk, which well, is really cool. nice. <laughs> I get I, a little I've jumpy a, with the caffeine I've there. I've been a Bidwell Perk fan since I'm only a half a block away at my office. I've been a Bidwell Perk fan for quite a while. Oh, and they're just wonderful people there. The service yeah. is amazing, yeah, and the, so great, is the it's coffee. A great place. You know that building? I was talking to someone else the other day. That building for a while was a billiards parlor. Oh my goodness, I didn't that, know was, that. When I was in college, it was Straw Hat Pizza. Straw Hat Pizza and Billiards, and now, and it's, billiards, and now, now it's, it's Coffee and Homes. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Now, we were talking about the outlying areas as a choice for some of your clients that might not have enough, uh, you know, young couples might not have enough to buy a Chico house right now. Right. So those markets like Orland, um, Corning, I'm also curious about Paradise and Megalia. Are they picking up a bit because oh, of this? Oh, absolutely, thing? absolutely. Uh, Paradise, uh, Megalia. It's it's really. I love doing a current market analysis for somebody that's. I have several people who bought a home two, three years ago. They're like, oh, I'm kind of wondering what this would be worth, and half the time they start crying because they're so surprised at how much it's gone up in so value. So even the up on the ridge has done pretty absolutely. well? Absolutely. And okay. and then there's a whole community up in the sort of the Nimshu area up there where these, these gigantic executive homes going in and people who want five or three, four, five acres. Right. And, um, you know, half a million dollar home, two million dollar home in that community you up know, there. I'm not, maybe you don't know, but do you know about the rumor or the fact that Tom Selleck owns something on Nimshu Road? Have you heard of that? I've I've definitely heard that rumor. I, I don't want to um, say one way or another with the access to the MLS and all the realist tax <laughs> records and things like that. Um, I, 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 I can't really say. Okay. I, I respect everyone's privacy. I also heard that Tom Cruise owns a place in Lake Almanor. Oh, my goodness. I haven't heard so that. I have no idea whether these things are real or not. Oh, well, you never know. There's always those little right, right. <laughs> those little rumors. <laughs> well, I can't verify. That's right. that's private well, I'm, info. I'm, but I'm not a huge Tom Selleck fan, but you know, it's kind of cool with a when a famous guy like that is chooses to live in Butte County. I think that's oh, kind of cool. It's exciting. This this area has a lot to offer people, and it's it's just such a beautiful, diverse community of climates. Even if you just go up the hills, you can have forest, and then you have all these beautiful ag land out here. Right now, oh, do you deal? You deal with some ranch business. You were saying a Capay yeah. person was going to sell through you or something? Yeah, it's it's really nice. We're, we're flexible enough. I'm not just stuck with residential. I can do, you know, commercial or ranch listings, which coming from an ag community up in Modoc County, it's really fun to be able to talk to people about irrigation rights and soil structure. And um, it's kind of my language. It comes right back. And I really enjoy that. Um, and it's, it's a, it's an intense little market. It's also a lot of people buying ranches are really fun to work with because they already know what they're looking for. Right. And you end up showing a place a few times and somebody goes up, this is it. And here we go. And, and that's a real now, simple. Now, when we say ranch, do you also deal with orchards sometimes? I, I, almonds and The walnuts? almonds, nuts, walnuts, olives. Uh, there's a little place with olives and oranges that I'm showing to some folks this weekend out there that looks I'm going to be really jealous because it's one of those places I'd love to live to. Does it also have a house? It has two houses. Oh, nice. And um, I think it's a little over 10 acres in irrigation, right? It's just beautiful. Oh, um, wow. Is that in the – because olives are big in corning, right? Yeah, this one's down in Norland. I believe um, it's – is it Becky John's? One of those one of those sweet real estate gals out there that has all of the beautiful listings. Oh, and okay. They've been just ridiculously helpful over the phone with me getting info for people. And oh, good. I just – it's – Really nice yeah. working with them. So now we were also talking about the fact that you started and grew up in a small town, Eagleville. Eagleville. We had population uh, roughly, census varied, somewhere between 80 and 200. And then we lived outside of town there. That's really small. Uh, now, is that near Alturas? Yeah, Alturas is the county seat. You go up over the Warner Mountain Range and drop into this gorgeous little valley of right. ranches and hot springs. Um Cedarville's our big town. We're right on the Nevada border out there. Oh, is, but the, Alturas is Modoc County. Is Alturas that right? is Modoc County okay. and um, goes right up all the way up just below Lakeview there. So you're noticing here in Chico that there's still that small town feel for like the realty business. And there's folks that step up and help each other out all around. It's been really, um, I haven't met many duds and it's really nice. Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably, I mean, you probably have never worked there as a realtor, but. 
I would imagine being down in um, Hollywood or Beverly Hills or New York City, it's a little more, got to be a little more competitive. It's, it may be. Yeah. Um, I imagine the larger areas, you're a little bit more anonymous. Some people may cut more corners. Right. But um, it seems like there's just a, in this area around here anyway, it's, there's a lot of longtime folks and people come here and go to school and just never leave. I right. mean, and it, it's just beautiful. And then with the new museum we have here, the uh, Monka Museum across from Chico High at the old Vets Hall. Right. I had I, I was able I'm helping a couple buy a house right now because they came walked through that museum. She couldn't believe that we had that caliber of an art facility here, and she wants to be involved in it. She's coming up from the Bay Area. Wow. Um, she's worked for a lot of the, she worked for the De Young down there, and she wants to get involved with us up here. Oh, nice. So, now, and we're going to talk some more about that museum. I've always been of the opinion that Chico's a nice place to be because the people who are here choose to be here. Exactly. It seems like a lot of the folks are, they came up here, they went to school, and they just couldn't leave. They had job offers elsewhere that were fantastic, and they just keep coming back. Same for me. I, I, I met my future wife or my current wife while we were students, but I was here, and I did go back to the Bay Area for work-related. I didn't really mm-hmm. have great opportunities with my accounting degree here. And well, because my father had a business down in the Bay, but I wanted to come back and my wife felt the same way and, and you made we it managed happen. to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> it, it there's <laughs> a way to, to do it. We chose to be in Chico. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I looked around a lot. I, I was really made an educated decision about where I wanted to live and looked at a lot of places before I settled here. And um, it's just, I've been really happy with it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And like you say, the schools are, how old are your children now? Uh, 12 and a half and now two and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to see the whole range I, through yeah. here. Fortunately. And 12 and a half, is that junior high age yet? She's in seventh grade and okay. she's just a lovely, lovely human who's incredibly patient with her little brother. Which junior high is that? Um, she's at the Corbute Charter School. It's a hybrid program. She does some home study, and then they have classes at the center. Oh. She's able to take um, web programming and robotics and speech oh. and debate. And Is that kind of an art-based one? or? Um, well, they do have some. They have a lot of art courses. Is that considered like a charter school? It is a charter school, but it's a big school. I think they have about 800 students oh, now. What's it called? Core Butte Charter. They're oh. down by the big, uh, beautiful community church, the big dome church oh, at the okay. south end of town. They have right. a campus there yeah. for the younger kids, and then they're over by Chico Sports Club for the older children. Well, I learn something new every day because my one son is 24, and I don't deal with the Chico school system directly that much anymore. I've been impressed. They're tiny little classes, 10, 12 kids in a class and some fantastic teachers. That's nice. And then she's home a lot, does a lot of her core subjects with us, and um, she just charges right along through her curriculum. It, it works well with her. My two-and-a-half-year-old son, I do not plan on homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a bus system for that type of school? Uh, no, you, no. You, you bring have to him, have your own transportation. Yeah, it's pick up and drop off, and there are partial days. So um, being in real estate, it does allow me that flexible schedule to, right. to do you that. You can set your dates and schedules. Exactly, yeah. yeah it's, That's it's the nice. thing about being self-employed, being on a, a business buzz show here. Being self-employed has a lot of headaches, and <sighs> the taxes get kind of high. They surprise you sometimes. Oh, boy, don't they. But for me, I've been self-employed now for almost 30 years, there is no compensation that can make up for being able to set your own schedule. Exactly. I mean, it's, to some degree, of course. When, you know. It's it's intense. I mean, yeah. it's, and, but there's, you know, if, if things aren't going well, there's no one to blame but yourself. Right. So. But the thing is, if you, like, let's say your child has a, a soccer game at three o'clock and you just really want to be there. Right. It, you can't measure how important it is that you're able to go. No, I mean, she's yeah. starting to do archery and 4-H and rock hounding, and we, I'm going on all these amazing hikes looking at rocks right. with her 4-H club. And, and being self-employed enables you to make that happen. I, I do that. I, I probably end up working more hours being self-employed than I would if I had a 9-to-5. But right. um, yeah, there's the no rewards are right there. It right. comes back. It's been it's been fantastic. Right. Um I, I like being busy. Uh, I seem to get more done when I have more to do. <laughs> right, right. Well, I just know that just a, this whole self-employed business idea has a lot of headaches, but just the fact that you can pretty much make your schedule work for you is priceless. It is. Well, I mean, you you got to be 
people like to see homes when they get off work in the evenings and weekends, so it can cut into dinner and oh, family yeah, no, time. You're, as a realtor, that's, that's really it a is a flexible schedule. And you know, if there's just somebody I can't fit, there's fantastic realtors I know, and I say, hey, there's this wonderful client. They've already been pre-qualified over here. Can you show them a home this weekend? Because I'm going to be out of town, and they get a new client. They get somebody that I know they is trustworthy to work with and I get a weekend away. Right. So you, it you all work together with the yeah, other the it, other agents. It feels great. And then it comes right back around. People people remember that. Yeah. Now we're gonna have another break in a minute or two, but um this uh Museum of Northern California art, I have to admit I haven't been in there yet. Oh so dear. I gotta go. Well, you you do have to come in. <laughs> now is there an admission price there? Um there is a five dollar admission fee, but for students and teachers, um, there's a, it's a free pass if you have a student ID. Right. We also have opening receptions quite often. We have a closing reception, actually, to a show in there right now that's coming down on Saturday the 27th, I believe. And that would be free to attend. You could have a little reception. Oh, no, I'm not really worried about the admission. Well, no, I'm just, just talking to, to folks. To be ready when there they is go. a $5 yeah. admission fee, or you can get a membership. Um, I scooped up a membership with... It's called a NARM. It's a National Association of Reciprocal Museums, I oh, believe. Oh, right. So you can go to various museums. Oh, my goodness. It, it's good at the de Young. It's good at the Crocker. It's good all over the country. There's 900 or something other museums participating. Um, I think it was $100 for the year. Oh, wow. And the money went right here to the Museum of Northern California right. Art. But they all but honor, they honor the it. Tickets. So wow. it paid for itself in a little weekend trip through San Francisco and Monterey with the kids. So it so, was great. So give me a brief description of what I would get to see if I stopped by there today? Well, it, I mean, not exactly, but I mean... We have a rotating shows. We do have a, a permanent collection of our own, but we have rotating shows going through right now. Right now we're hosting a um, 1078 gallery. We're in the process of moving, so we opened up a space there for them for a oh. few weeks. And then on February 1st, we're opening a show called What Us Worry. It's a wonderful group of ceramic artists. They're coming up from Sacramento. And, and right after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the modern art museum that everybody seems to be very excited about here in Chico. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back. Teach the whole Bible. This is Ken Ham on a mission to strengthen the global church with the truths of God's Word. All this week we've been looking at how to combat biblical illiteracy in the church. Well, today I want to encourage you to read all of God's Word. You see, for us today, the New Testament seems easier to understand. The Old Testament seems more foreign with such things as sacrifices and the Levitical law. But Paul tells us, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Old Testament, which was the Bible of Jesus and the Apostles, is given to us as God's word for a reason. It records the history and foundational concepts that we need to understand Christ's work. Visit our website at AnswersRadio.com for more solid answers from God's Word. You'll be equipped and encouraged with the truth when you go to AnswersRadio.com. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, talking local art, culture, and the North, what is it? The Museum of Northern California Art. Museum of Northern California Art, or Monca.org. Monca, M-O-N-C-A. That's easy to remember. Yes. Now, does it try to exhibit Northern California artists? 
Exactly. We Our collection focuses on artists north of San Jose and up to the Oregon border, um, just really trying to collect that heritage and art from this Northern California region. But various, like you were saying, there's ceramics, there's, oh, there's is there paintings? There's uh, a, we have a bunch of paintings in our collection and prints. It's a really vast, beautiful array of things, and we're always changing it over every couple of months. We have a new show and receptions. Um, it's also an event space. Um, I had my 40th birthday party there, and that was quite a lot oh, of fun. So you rent it out and they yeah, cater we rented, the food Yeah, we rented the space, and you can cater, or you can bring your own, and um, it's just a... It was a really, really fun event space, and we got featured in the Martha Stewart Wedding Magazine in September for a wedding we had there. They did a feature article on this beautiful bride and the space. Oh, wow. Because I don't know if you've seen the remodel work we've done to that gorgeous veterans hall. I have not been inside since the old days. It just, it's one of those, it just gets you. You walk in the door and you just feel the difference. It's it's almost a liminal space. You just feel like you're in a, it's a different threshold into this just beautiful little realm. I'm not sure if you were around during this era, but when my son was small, there was one of his favorite movies on television was filmed partly there. Oh, really? Called Under Wraps. Oh, dear. It I... was a comedy for kids about a mummy. Oh my gosh, I don't think I yeah, saw it's, that. It's a cool my, movie and your kids can see it. Uh, my it, folks were anti-television, they were okay, movies, so right, I, I don't have a lot of pop culture that's, that's references bad, back in the day. That's not a bad idea in a lot of <laughs> respects, but this movie called Under Wraps had scenes walking right down third where uh, Tom Foolery is, that third block. Oh. They walk right there. They filmed it in a house down somewhere around fourth and Arbutus. Sometimes I go by the house and I think that's the one from the movie. And then they also did some of the filming at the Veterans Hall. I bet because the space back there is gigantic. As yeah. we as we do our remodel work, we're going to end up having probably an event space for almost a thousand people. Once it's a few more fundraising fundraising waves away before we're able to use that back area. Right. So, are you involved in? You're on the board. Is that are yeah? You a board uh, member Pat and Richard Macias uh, and kind of swooped me up and asked me to apply. And I'm just working with a fantastic board. It's just. Sally and Ron Ginocchio and Sherry and David Hopper and Sarah Jensen, who I hope is feeling very well today. She had a, a bit of a fall recently, and she's a really tough little cookie. She's coming back from that. And we well, her. Sarah. Yeah. So do, are you, as the board member, you you kind of work on everything. Though. We kind of, yeah. You sort of decide which exhibit's going to come in. and Well, which... there's different ex- exhibit exhibition committees and a collection committee. Um, there's a gift shop committee. I'm on the gift shop committee. There's three of us, and we talk with different artists who want to place their work in there for sale. And um, it's, it's really hard to make those decisions. It's, it's a well, tricky yeah. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, right, but right. you want to. And the artists that are in our gift shop are really, really generous. They're doing a... 50% donation towards the museum. So oh. when you buy something there, it really helps out both the artists and us. Oh, that's great. Um, it's kind of an exciting now, spot. Do you ever have, exa- I'm just thinking in, in my own personal artist artistry, the only thing I've done that's close to, I never painted, even though I think it would be fun. Oh, you should come take a take one of our classes. I was a photography nut in high school. Oh. You guys do photo exhibits? Absolutely. Art is, art's, art's a very broad medium. I mean, it's spoken word. It's it's all of that. We have a magi- ma- magician coming through on the 31st. Oh. He's a very, very um, famous fellow who's been all over the world. He's, I believe he's performed for the Queen of England. Oh. And he's coming through on the 31st of this month. Now, where where's the place people can go look at like a calendar of events for Monka? If you go to www.monka.org, or if you look up the Museum of Northern California Art on Facebook, we're really good about posting events on there. That's a great way of following it if you're a Facebook person. Um, you can also walk into the museum and look and around, and we have out. an events yeah, board yeah. right by the front door that's curious, really uh, helpful. Just based on my portfolio, do you have any exhibits coming up about photos of 1970s rock stars? Oh, my. We don't, but I bet we should. Maybe we should do a <laughs> collaborative to, project. I might have to talk to the committee. No, I just <laughs> you as should. A youth, as a youth, I was a high school journalist, and I was I had my own dark room. My parents were nice enough to oh my goodness let me use an extra bedroom as a dark room. I never did 
color dark room. That was too much chemicals. But I did black and white. And my favorite hobby was attending all of the shows. And I think I saw just about everybody. And I would take my camera and I'd be right near the stage. Like, oh. Like the Who. Well, and, you'd have uh, your press pass. So you, guys. oh, I bet you have some amazing pictures. I've got some pretty good pictures. Uh, unfortunately, I never got a press pass and they wouldn't let me take movies. Oh, dear. But they did let me take still. So I always had oh. my camera. These days, they wouldn't like and that. He, but these days with phones, they can't keep cameras out anymore. I know. But it's, for a it, while, they were, like 20 years ago, they were t- like trying to keep cameras and videos out. So you kind of got some of the shots that other folks might not have gotten. I and you're a, a Northern California artist. Yeah, so, so I might qualify for you something. May. I'll, I'll have to go through my list of negatives and see what I've got. But uh, Oh, I'd love to see hobby. those. That would yeah. be fun, Harold. But. That's my little artsy thing, because I've always envied people who can sit down and paint a painting, and it, I know there's some secrets to it, but I've never tried it. You know what know the, you fun. know what the secret is? You get some paints, and you get some cameras, <laughs> and, and you and make a, a big old mess, <laughs> and you just let it happen, you right. know, and try, don't try and paint something exactly how you see it at first. Just start playing with the colors. Right. And, I mean, they've done study on study on the brain waves and how good it is for you, whether you like what you painted or not, that the process right. is good for Have you. Have you ever done any painting yourself? Oh, absolutely. I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I majored in the goldsmithing and painting um, in college. I wanted to ask you about that goldsmithing. So you design jewelry or make jewelry or? Both, both. Well, I I, um, I love to take old well, I even like old silver spoons and things like that and melt them down and cast them into new pieces or take beautiful pieces that are just, um, we had a really fun night at the museum. We did a ladies dinner and everybody brought their jewelry box full of broken or mismatched earrings and we made new pieces and people shared stories and jewelry and we kind of did a little writey workshop about ideas for the community as well and we ran really late into the evening. Every nobody would leave. It was a great right. success. You know, I know there's a there's still a few. I, I happen to have a client who's one of the few jewelers left in Chico. Oh, because there's I believe the only ones really left, other than the chains, would be Kirks, Gabrielle Ferrar, and Old Gold. Absolutely. And so they've kind of just everybody's kind of going by the wayside with you know internet and all that. What I was saying is that I personally never buy new jewelry. I just, I don't care for it. Well, it's, I like old stuff. And I, I like love the stuff. vintage yeah. stuff. Plus it has a really, it's the impact of, of recycling that metal has a, has a really nice, right. if you're in, in, conscious about your environmental impact on things, buying an engagement ring new versus used. I think it's 22 tons of soil that's taken out of food production by the toxins that are used to generate that golden diamond for an average engagement ring. Oh, I So if you do, stat. grandma's ring is a really beautiful thing. Right. And I always encourage folks to, to go vintage and reuse diamonds and metals. I was just talking to a client whose son had just recently gotten engaged. And the story there was that the daughter-in-law just needed a brand new ring. And that's just the way that was. And <laughs> everybody's to their own opinion. It's it's funny when you're yeah. dealing with yeah, things it's like... love and all that. And yeah. Well, when you're dealing with an element, metal an and... Es- <laughs> yeah, but it's an esoteric thing that some people would not want to have somebody else's diamond ring. Exactly. But then they could recraft it like you're I think about. the alchemy of melting down metal from other family members and putting in stones that have history and love from yours or a new stone that you get from some beautiful gem cutter, um, it just has that story behind it. And I, I love that. But I do understand when folks want to go in and get their designer brand new one too. There's, right. It, that, there's makes, all, that makes sense. It's whatever makes you the happiest you should right. go with. Right. Now, how did you get started in that goldsmithing and jewelry? Was that when you were young? You took it as I a was, hobby um, first? Well, I, I, had, um, I was a little home study kid up in the boonies, and um, there was you a— You didn't attend a regular classroom? No, nope, K through 12, uh, we did uh, home study with my folks, and then oh. I went off to college after that, and the study habits you get with home study really paid so off for like me. like homeschooling before it was a cool thing to Yeah, do. it was homeschooling before it was hip at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a fantastic woman, uh, Sophie Shepard up there. She's a amazing painter, uh, comes from a long family of painters up in Nevada, and she also taught silversmithing uh, in the different universities. And she moved up there, and I think I was nine when she handed me a torch and let, it me, let me start soldering and melting things and setting stones. Wow. Um, she put a lot of trust in me, and I was hooked. And then in college, 
I was originally planning to be a doctor. I was taking all these pre-med classes. And to kind of get through that stress, I signed up for a few art classes, one of them being a goldsmithing class with David LaPlante. And completely derailed my medical career. I, I ended up uh, taking you all these. You found out what you really liked. I absolutely now, loved where it. where was that? Where was your college days? Um, that was at Humboldt State University out on the coast. Oh, yeah. It was close enough I could drive home on weekends and see my folks. And What kind of drive you would go through the mountain? I mean, I used to drive across uh, Grants Pass over to Crescent City. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, through Gasket. That's, yeah, I think that's the... It might be the 199 down to the one. Yeah. I did 299 all the way. The two I used to do that. It so goes you would, you straight would go through. I'll tour us across to Redding. Yeah, right through Redding. And then you pick up 299. Two, well, 299 actually dead ends on the Nevada border just past Cedarville where oh, I grew up. So it goes all the way across. So I take my little 62 Chevy Nova and drive that windy road through the Trinities and, the, and Weaverville and out to school and come back and forth. And my son did his four year degree at. Santa Cruz. That's a fun school, too, but that that was a bit further down the hill. And it has a windy road. Oh, yeah. So if I had a daughter in a Nova, I would be nervous when she drove back on 299. Yeah, yeah. Because 299 had had some crazy It has a lot of curves. and twists. It still does, (laughs) but it's a a pretty road. Right. Yeah, I just had to kind of tootle along in that one. That's amazing. So... uh, in the Northern California area, then, uh, do you think you're going to be long-term Chico? I mean, do you see yourself looking for something different uh, when your kids are in college? Well, I might like to get a little piece of property a little further up the hill, okay, a so little cooler, I just was thinking, but within twenty minutes in going of Chico, to Sacramento or the Bay Area. And no, not so much. No, no, not really. I like this small town okay. feel. I, I even like for Forest the... Ranch and the little general store up there. <laughs> and there, that's kind of. I love it when you can kind of wander into a place and and have a have a meal and everybody says hello. Right. It's, I'm just, I'm that dork that waves at everybody on the road because that's what I grew up with. If you didn't wave, something was wrong. Right. So I'm I'm trying to teach myself not to wave at everyone in Chico. Um, So someday you might want to have some acreage, even maybe while you're still a realtor. Well, yeah, I have a little bit of a horse habit. I'm horse free at the moment, but it would be kind of nice to have a little bit of land again. (laughs) But then I might collect horses again, which is an expensive habit. Now with your cowboy hat, did you used to use a horse in your fence business? Would you be on a horse quite a bit? Actually, I did. I'd ride a lot of the fence lines. It was a great way to do it. We had some supply drops that were like helicopter drops or mule drops on some of the bids. Fortunately, I didn't actually have to take the job that was a helicopter drop. It was that oh, rural. Oh, you mean where you have to go in this, There was no way to get a truck or tools oh, wow. into the place, so it was hand-building things. But, yeah, horses were fantastic. There were some big old draft mules. A fellow up there was willing to haul stuff. And it's pretty exciting. You'd see some places that I don't think anybody had walked around in, maybe a hunter in the last 10 years. It's That's just gorgeous. Interesting. And you did that all the way up through, you say, Oregon and other yeah, states, Nevada yeah. too? All out across Nevada, there was a lot of fence going in out there to regulate different grazing areas, on the on the on especially the little aspens and little springs out there. If you don't kind of fence them, they can get just totally overgrazed and crushed, but it was pretty. We, That's amazing. I saw some just beautiful petroglyphs. That's great. Well, that, you know, this is the reason why Chico is such a nice place. We're, it attracts people like you. And well, I mean, I, I've been here 30 years. You've been here lo- less than that. Yeah, I but have. You're, you're bringing all that experience from these other areas into Chico. And so when you're doing the realty, you're able to, I mean, you know a lot about different types of styles and different types of yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's it's really nice to, and that's what I love when I get something new is research is just fascinating to me. So all these escrow papers that everybody's like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, well, well look at this and look at that. And there's this and right. there's an easement here and you can do, and um, yeah, most folks kind of glaze over as I start babbling about it. But I find it really interesting because you can see different options of what your choices are with a property. Now, before we get to the end of the show, I want to make sure you get your contact info out, again, including your number to text or call and your email. Okay, yeah, it's Tiara Hodge. You can email me at tiaralistings at gmail. That's T-I-E-R-R-A. L-I-S-T-I-N-G-S at gmail.com or you can text or call 530-566-3063 Thanks a lot, Tierra. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Harold. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz. We'll see you next time. 
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Rock House Dining and Espresso is known for their patio. Enjoy the ducks and chickens visiting the patio in their environmental, farm-fresh, lively atmosphere. Rock House is an iconic landmark in Butte County since the 1930s. Seven minutes north of the Lime Saddle Bridge, only two miles past the hardware store. Originally built in 1937, the two buildings served as restaurant and tavern, shower house, barber shop, gas station, and cafe. Live music every Saturday night in the Fireside Room. All natural hot spice cider, mochas, cappuccinos, caramel macchiatos, and pumpkin pies made right here from fresh pumpkins. Kent Westfield, Christian singer-songwriter, is bringing acoustic music he's putting on his current album. Call before coming by for a list of live music at 532-1889 at Rock House Dining and Espresso on Highway 70 in Yankee Hill. Come gather around people wherever you roam. 